It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. In a series between LeBron James and the Warriors, a team went down 3-1. Could we see an inversion of history? Also, the Heat are one win away from the Eastern Conference Finals. And no, the Green Bay Packers are not rebuilding. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports, You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The defending champs had a chance to square their series in the Western Conference semifinals with the LA Lakers. Then the Warriors offense fell apart in the fourth quarter. Just 17 points. They get outscored 27 to 17 in the fourth. And the Lakers... Steal game four, 104-101, which puts the Warriors on the brink of elimination. Cyrus Atzos from Locked On Warriors joins me now. And, and Cyrus, what happened to the offense in the fourth quarter, especially late where this team just lost its mind jacking threes? Yeah, it, it's it was very reminiscent to me of, of uh, the 2016 NBA Finals when mm-hmm. uh, in that game seven when the Warriors had all these opportunities uh, they were, they should have been attacking the paint should have been getting easy baskets, but instead you just saw them hoisting really difficult threes. Uh, Steph was guilty of that tonight. Clay Thompson had just a, just a horrible game. He was virtually non-existent. He had three first half points. I, I tweeted out that, uh, you know, he's going to get more than three in the second half. And while technically he did six, wasn't exactly substantiating my point. Um, and then even Draymond green had that ugly turnover at the end this, this whole, yeah, it's the Warriors are on the verge. There, there's no uh, positive way to spin this, except for one way. Maybe the Warriors and Stephen Curry and crew, maybe they want 3-1 revenge. I don't know. I can't think of any other way to, to spin this positively, but these are bleak times for the Warriors. Yeah, of course, 2016, LeBron James, familiar opponent in that 3-1 um, NBA Finals. You mentioned Clay Thompson. He hits the three to put the Warriors up three late in the fourth quarter. Then, with the Warriors needing buckets, hoists two of the worst threes. I know they're, I know it's Clay Thompson, and I know that he gets the, the ultimate green light. But two of the worst shots you will, you will just ever see late in an NBA game. And Steph, he gets the one really easy bucket on pick and roll. And, and this is the thing, Cyrus. For for fans who are only watching these games, and I know this is something the Warriors have dealt with for a long time, you get people going, um, why don't they just run Steph Curry pick and roll like every time? It seems like the best way for them to get a shot. And sometimes I hear Warriors fans like, hey, you don't watch, like you don't get it. What is your response to the people who are going, hey, it seems like the Warriors' best offense is Steph Curry pick and rolls. Why don't they do the thing more where they run Steph Curry pick and rolls? I've I, here's it. I've never criticized or very minimally have I criticized Steve Kerr in the entire duration that he's been head coach of the Warriors until this season. This season has been perplexing for a lot of reasons. Uh, chief among them tonight, you can bring that point up, and it's a very valid point. 
the pick and roll with Steph has been one of the most efficient plays the Warriors have run. Stephen Curry, in my humble in my humble opinion, is one of the greatest to execute the pick and roll. But we just don't see it that much because the Warriors run what's called a split action offense, which is a variation of Phil Jackson's triangle. You kind of mix that in with uh, Greg Popovich's motion. And, and what you have is the Warriors routinely leading the NBA in assists, passes, cuts, um, because they're they're all about moving the ball, unselfish play, um, whereas the pick and roll in Steve Kerr's eyes slows the offense down and doesn't mm. involve uh, everyone as well while putting extra pressure on the defense. Um, that's another reason why he loves uh, his split action offense is because the moment one person has the ball, you have everyone else moving constantly wearing the defense down. You've, you've seen a lot of criticism uh, from other players pertaining to Steph and how difficult it is to defend him because when he doesn't have the ball, he's always on the move and his conditioning is, is exemplary. So the reason why they don't run the pick and roll is because Steve Kerr believes in the philosophy of his offense, which is move, move, move. You're going to get tired eventually and, Steve, and, and Stephen Curry will, will kill you for that. Um, but you also have to adjust to the opponent. And I'm absolutely in agreement with you and everyone else um, who saw, particularly uh, when the Warriors have been successful in this series, it's been with the pick and roll. And for some reason, they abandoned that, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, the other thing to point out, too, is the is the Warriors abandoned once again um, their size. And, and one formula that has worked for them has been playing Jermichael Green, largely because he's 6'9", and is one of the only players in the Warriors with legitimate size. Um, tonight, we saw Jermichael for two minutes. We did not see Jonathan Kaminga play again at all. Uh, Kevon Looney played 10 minutes, and the Lakers punished him for that. And, and, and you know, so it's a must-win. We'll see what happens. It's crazy, though. Stay up to date all year on the Golden State Warriors by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Warriors on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Heat are on the precipice. Before we get to that, though, the NBA made its decision on punishment for Nikola Jokic. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be winning the NBA championship. Or you can look at game five between the Celtics and Sixers. FanDuel likes Boston at home by seven. You can do all of this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot. At a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Nikola Jokic will not face suspension for his push of Phoenix Suns owner Matt Ishbia while attempting to retrieve the ball from the crowd in Game 4. 
The NBA announced a $25,000 fine for Jokic, but nothing more. The two-time MVP was assessed a technical foul at the time of the push. Ishbia had this to say on social media on Monday. Great win for the Suns last night in an amazing series so far. That should be and is the only story. Suspending or dinging anyone for last night's incident would not be right. But maybe finding him for flopping on that might have been right. Watch the video. There is some non-Stanley Cup hockey news. The Chicago Blackhawks are on the clock. The Chicago Blackhawks win the NHL draft lottery and they'll officially select first overall on June 28th in Nashville. What's up everyone? This is Jack Bushman. Still not sure if I'm dreaming. Is this real life? Pinch me. I don't know, but the Blackhawks have won the NHL draft lottery and for just the second time in franchise history, they have the first overall selection. Just a monumental day for the Blackhawks rebuild and the city of Chicago. After all the misery, heartbreak, and frustration these last few years, things are certainly looking up. The Blackhawks had to say goodbye to two superstars and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze recently. They'll be blessed with a new superstar come June 28th in Nashville when they select Connor Bedard. For more of a breakdown on Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks winning the lottery, be sure to tune into tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Some are wondering about this draft lottery win as a team who had as bad a year as the Blackhawks just endured, sold almost 2 million tickets the very same evening of the lottery win. It does make you wonder. And on the diamond, the Cubs continue the struggle to score runs, which means the Cardinals have won back-to-back games for the first time since April 11th and 12th. The St. Louis Cardinals did something against the Cubs tonight that they haven't done all season. No, they did not start Wilson Contreras in the outfield. They actually won a series opener. Hey, it's JD from Locked on Cardinals, and the Cardinals were 0-11 in series openers this season until tonight when they take down the Cubbies 3-1. Miles Michaelis was solid, although he didn't last long, but the bullpen got shutout efforts from Hennessy's Cabrera. He was huge, wiggled his way out of a tough jam thanks to a great throw to the plate by Brendan Donovan, who was in left field tonight, nailed the runner at home. Jordan Hicks was filthy. Ryan Helsley looked great. And we gave birth to Villain Willie tonight. Wilson Contreras goes two for four with two RBIs and relished in the booze that he was receiving from the Wrigley faithful. And I loved it. It's also back-to-back wins for the Cardinals for the first time since April 11th and the 12th. For the latest updates and info, be sure to keep it locked on Cardinals. Here is another story you need to know. At this point, the Miami Heat have become the Aaron Paul meme He just can't keep getting away with this because the Miami Heat just keep getting away with this. No Tyler Hero, no Victor Oladipo, a 109-101 win against the New York Knicks in the East semifinals, and now a 3-1 lead, one game away from the conference finals for a team that was essentially left for dead in the play-in. Wes Goldberg from Locked on Heat joins me now from the arena in Miami. And Wes, after the game, Julius Randle said, it may be the case that Miami just kind of wants it more, but this is the playoffs. How can that be? It's a great question, and it's one that I've been trying to figure out this entire playoff run. I mean, this is a team that was a quarter away in the playing tournament from watching these playoffs at home, and here they are knocking off the number one seed and one game away now against the New York Knicks, 
from returning to the Eastern Conference Finals for the third time in four years. That's just what this team does. They just win in the playoffs. And it, it's you give credit to Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and you talk, talking with players in the locker room after the game. All Everybody, to a man, was pointing at those three people as the reason why they're able to win in a postseason. I love the Breaking Bad uh, reference that you make. Can I give you another uh, Breaking Bad reference sure. to describe this game? Because this was this is the scoring line uh, for the Miami Heat by quarter. 31 points in the first quarter against the Knicks tonight. 25 points in the second quarter. 34 points in the third quarter. They had 90 mm-hmm. points going into the fourth quarter. They were shooting like 44% or something from three-point range. And in the fourth quarter... The offense that was on fire goes cold. They score 19 points in the fourth quarter. They miss all of their three-pointers in the fourth quarter. And I was liking this on Lockdown Heat to uh, that Breaking Bad episode of like the one where they just follow the fly for an entire episode. And you're like, (laughs) this doesn't fit with the rest of everything else. And it just kind of seemed like a director flex by Gilligan, Gil, whatever the guy's name was. Um, That's what this was. It kind of felt like a, a flex by the Miami Heat. They're saying... Like, what if we just challenge? What if we just didn't make a three pointer for the entire fourth quarter? Could we still come out with the win against the Knicks? And then they did. Obviously, that's not what happened, Pete. But like, it just sort of felt like that. And it's just, it's getting to the point where uh, I won't say that this team is unbeatable, but they just seem unshakable for whatever that's worth. Yeah, and and this was a game where you you get thirty two points from Jalen Brunson if you're the Knicks. Um, on, on decent shooting, 10 for 21. He also had 11 assists in this game. RJ Barrett pours in 24. Julius Randle, he gets his 20. And, and yet, it wasn't really even close to enough. They shoot 32% from three. What, what I think is remarkable about the, the effort part of this, this was a Knicks team that just beat the Cavaliers on effort and guile and toughness. They outmuscled the Cavs, and now they're getting outmuscled and it just I, like we have had so many of these conversations over the course of the playoffs. And I feel bad that I have to keep asking you these questions because I'm just like, I don't know how this is happening. And your your response to me in a lot of cases is also just I, I kind of don't know. Either. <laughs> I don't know either. They out rebounded the Knicks tonight, 44 to 35. And when uh, mm-hmm. going back to that fourth quarter that I was talking about, like one of the big reasons they were able to come away with this win was because they they got onto the offensive glass and they were peeling off these offensive rebounds. And Mitchell Robinson was asked about this after the game. And he was like, yeah, I used to do that. I don't really do it anymore, I guess. And I'm paraphrasing, but the, you just sort of, the, the Knicks just sort of seemed resigned to not being up to this right now. Like just having been outplayed, mm. outclassed, out, out, out physicaled in this series and in this game. And so um, I just feel like the Heat understand their assignment more than, than the Milwaukee Bucks did and the New York Knicks do now. They, they have a great game plan. They know exactly what it is that they want to do. They know how to execute. They know their counters, and, and they're anticipating what the Knicks are going to do. The Knicks tried to do stuff tonight. They moved Quentin Grimes back into the starting lineup for Josh Hart. That didn't really work for them. Um, I, I don't really they, – they play they shortened their rotation, basically just played two guys off the bench, Josh Hart and Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, everybody else was pretty limited in terms of minutes. So, like, Tom Thibodeau is trying right now, and he's calling timeouts a lot in this game to try to – Whatever it is, motivate his team, get the messaging out, and it just doesn't matter. The Heat just are ex- they're, they're understanding what it is that they need to do, and they're they're executing much better than the New York Knicks right now. And in crunch time, they're the team making the plays. Stay up to date all year on the Miami Heat by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, losing Aaron Rodgers does not mean the Green Bay Packers 
building. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Aaron Rodgers is no longer the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Did you miss that? Most people believe that means the Green Bay Packers are set to begin a rebuild. As I explained on my show, Locked on Packers, that's just not the case. Rebuilding means when I buy your house, I have to tear it down. It is just a teardown. And the Bears, when Ryan Poles got there, teardown. The Raiders, when Reggie McKenzie got there, teardown. We can think of teams in recent vintage, the post Stafford Lions, teardown, complete teardown. The next level is, okay, house has some nice bones. Got it. Got to do a gut renovation. Got to just strip it down to the studs and gut reno. That's where the Rams are right now. They've got a house. They've got Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. That's the team. But when you have one of the best coaches in the league, you've got a franchise quarterback for whatever misgivings I have about like Stafford as an elite quarterback and Aaron Donald for whatever misgivings I have about his desire to play football at this point in his life. They have players. The Cardinals have no one. They have a quarterback, a franchise quarterback. They're paying a lot of money that they are not sold on. Everyone else on their roster is up for sale. That is a teardown. What the Packers have is a nice house. It's not the biggest house on the street, but it's in a nice neighborhood. It's not the the most aesthetically pleasing house from the curb. It doesn't have the most curb appeal. But it's got mature landscaping. There's some architectural details that you might like inside. We don't have to do much. Now, there's, a, there's at least one big project, kitchen renovation. Your, your house really only has value insofar as it has a good kitchen and a good primary suite. Those are the two things that sell houses. The primary bedroom and the kitchen. Those things sell houses. So, the Packers, they have a coach. Yep. They, we don't know about the quarterback. But the rest of this roster... I know that like there's this argument that they only have X number of players over 28. Okay, so their best players are young. Jair Alexander is young. Kenny Clark is crazy young. Devondre Campbell is still pretty young. Aaron Jones, still relatively young. Christian Watson is their best receiver. Young player. Elton Jenkins is their, their, their best core offensive line piece moving forward because this is the last year David Bakhtiari is on the team. Young player, Zach Tom was excellent last season as a rookie. Young player, even Russell Douglas is a pretty young player. Eric Stokes, 
AJ Dillon. Now you bring in this rookie class just because they have a young roster doesn't mean they are rebuilding. And finally, tampering in the NFL is a serious thing. Just ask the Miami Dolphins. The Indianapolis Colts believe the Washington Commanders broke some tampering rules last offseason and want the NFL to look into it. Apparently, in their search for a quarterback in the 2022 offseason, the Commanders attempted to learn whether Andrew Luck would consider coming out of retirement. Luck was still under contract with the Colts. If he would have ended his retirement during that offseason, that means no other team would be able to contact him. Let's be honest, though. This is a drop in the bucket of things the commanders have done wrong over the years. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, can the Knicks avoid elimination? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.